Did you know that around 68% of mothers have reported having feelings of ongoing anxiety affecting their physical and mental health? I would actually bet that that number is a lot higher based on my own experience of not being able to admit it earlier on. Stress affects every area of our lives, whether we realize it or not. Since I started this podcast, I've had a lot of people reach out specifically with areas that relate to nutrition and stress. Before, I've been focusing on one-on-one coaching, but I've decided now to create a course so that I can help more people. Since it's the first time I'm offering this, I will only be opening it up to a small group of people who will go through the training live each week for four weeks. I'm still ironing out the details for the start date, but for now, if you want to head over to my website, www.vickihapala.com, and you can join the waitlist so you get notified first when registration opens. Again, that's www.vickyvickyhapala.com, and I'll also have the link in the show notes for you. Welcome to Mom 2.0. Hi, I'm Vicky. Over the past three years, I've gone from having so little energy I needed three reasons to go upstairs to waking up full of energy and genuinely enjoying time spent with my kids. In this podcast, I share everything that I've learned that has helped me so that it can help you too. I cover a wide range of topics, everything from stress to nutrition, and my hope is that this podcast will take you from tired to inspired, so you have the energy you need to enjoy life the way you deserve to. After I became a mother, I just accepted the fact that I was destined to be tired all the time. I just thought that's what happens. You have kids, you don't sleep well anymore, and you'll just constantly worry for the rest of your life. Cut to two years ago when I was going through my nutrition training with ITN, and I started learning so much about true health. No band-aids, no quick fixes but getting to the root cause of a problem. One of the biggest issues I faced back then was I was walking around like a zombie. I was beyond tired, and even if I did manage to get some good sleep, it wasn't consistent, and I started realizing it's not just about sleep. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going to rattle off about sleep again. I do think sleep is vital to good health, but when it comes to energy levels, Sleep is just one of the factors that make a difference. And today I want to talk about the top three energy zappers that have little to do with sleep. A lot of you might be there now. You think you're doing all the things right, but you're just feeling drained and you can't quite pinpoint what it is. Or like me, you've just accepted that that's how life will be from now on. But it doesn't have to be. And you have a lot more control over it than you might think. 
And it definitely isn't a case of it just is what it is. So first up, food. I think a lot of us, myself included, have a warped relationship with food. We use it to treat ourselves and we restrict it in order to punish ourselves or change our bodies. We celebrate with it and we find comfort in it. But none of these are the actual functions of food. Some of you might be on me about this saying that celebrating with food as part of a family and building strong connections is important. And you're right. But it's not the function of the food that does this, but the act of eating and togetherness. Food's actual function is nourishment and providing energy for our bodies. A few episodes back, I spoke about how the metabolism works. And I gave this example of our metabolism being like a car. What type of fuel and how much you put in determines how far your car can go. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen. It's episode 8. And so it makes sense that if you're eating a bunch of ultra-processed food that your body cannot use as fuel, then you won't have a lot of energy. And more than that, you're depleting whatever energy reserves you actually have, and if you don't change that, it can lead to a whole host of other problems in your body. You see, your body is working really hard to pull whatever nutrients it can from the junk you're putting in it. But that in itself is zapping energy. And then your brain is telling you to eat more of the junk because it knows that it can get quick energy from simple carbs and sugar combined. But that just starts the cycle all over again. You're tired, you eat junk for quick energy. Your body can't get nutrients from it and expends a lot of energy trying. So you're tired and you eat more junk. Real food equals energy, and junk food equals pain and suffering. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, on to energy zapper number two, and that's stress. I already explained how stress affects our bodies in episodes six and seven, so give those another listen to refresh your memory if you need. But as it relates to energy, when our stress response is activated, fight, flight, or freeze, there's a cascade of different hormones released in order for our bodies to deal with the stress, and all energy stores are put into action to help us get away from whatever it is that's threatening our lives. That's why we have the ability to store energy in the form of glucose, so that when our survival is threatened, we can put those glucose stores into action and accomplish otherwise impossible things. You hear those stories of a mother being able to lift something like, I don't know, a car off of her baby to save her. And stress hormones and energy reserves are responsible for that. She wouldn't be able to do that normally. But because the survival of her child is at stake, she becomes like superhuman. Okay, great. But now that the stressful situation is over, she'll be depleted. She needs to refill those energy reserves and rest. The hormone cortisol helps with this. It increases appetite so that after a stressful event, you'll want to eat more to get more energy and fill up your stores. So now think about it like this. 
As I explained in episode six, most of us are walking around with this chronic low-grade stress, even if you don't know it, even if it's so constant in your life that you just feel like that's your base, your normal. If you aren't actively doing anything to manage your stress, what I explained above is taking place in your body all day long. With low-grade stress, you're not getting those big shots of adrenaline uh, making you superhuman for a few minutes, but it's not turning off either. And cortisol, it's a great hormone. We get a little spike of it in the morning when we wake up, and that helps us stay alert and uh, focused for the day. But if we're getting it all day long, it inhibits the release of melatonin and other hormones that help us sleep. Because if cortisol is present close to bedtime, then it means that there's something to be on alert for, and so your body won't release the melatonin. This all means that low-grade stress is now also interrupting your sleep. I could actually keep going with different ways that stress zaps your energy, but for now, depleting energy stores and interrupting sleep are the top reasons why you should have some sort of stress management routine. Even if that means sitting in silence for 10 minutes before you go to bed staring at a candle, it doesn't have to be fancy. Progress over perfection every single time. And that brings me to lucky number three, light and your circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is our internal clock. It more or less runs with the sun. And I say more or less because there are some parts of the world where the sun doesn't set in summer and doesn't rise in winter. So if those people were to live by the sun, it would be a pretty strange world for them. Anyways, uh, you've heard me say that a good night's sleep starts the moment you wake up. And this is something I've heard from numerous health experts, by the way. It's not something I'm made up to sound smart. When you wake up, you get this little spike of cortisol, and that's a good thing. It sets a stage for the release of other hormones throughout your day. Different hormones are released at different times for different functions. Hormones make you hungry, they make you tired, happy, sad, excited, moody, you get the idea. In order for hormones to get released, there needs to be a signal. So in order for melatonin to be released to make you tired, it needs to get a signal from the body. If cortisol is present, melatonin gets the signal not to be released. If cortisol is present in the evening, that means that there's danger, and so your body isn't going to induce sleep if that's present. Imagine your hormones being an orchestra. Each individual musician has their part to play in order for the song to come together and sound beautiful. But they can't just play their part randomly. They have to have their timing correct, and they go off of cues from the conductor, but mostly from their fellow orchestra members. So when they hear a certain part being played, that signals them to get ready for their part. If, however, one of the band members forgets to play something, another won't get their cue. They can look to the conductor for timing, but because they didn't get that cue from the band member, they might start to think that they've got it wrong, and they wait for that cue to come. Now others are missing their cue, and everything's getting a little bit messy. Someone thinks that they got their cue because it kind of sounded like it, and it should have been right about now, 
but they're not sure. They play anyways, and now it's all out of sync, and the song sounds nothing like it should. In this example, the hypothalamus is the conductor. It's technically in charge of all of the hormones. The orchestra members are the hormones. The conductor is technically in charge of keeping time, but they can't do it alone. Each member is vital to the orchestra and to making the song work. So if you're still with me on this, the way that light affects your energy levels is by getting bright light in the morning, this sends a signal to your body to wake up, which starts the cascade of hormones to be released throughout the day, controlling everything else. If you wake up and you don't get unfiltered sunlight, it's as if one of those orchestra members missed their cue. You won't get the release of hormones responsible for waking you up and keeping you alert and focused, and so you're going to be dragging throughout your day and you'll have a harder time with sleep. I know that was a roundabout way of explaining that one, but I think that it's really important to understand just how important hormones are in everything we do and their role in keeping your energy levels balanced throughout the day. So there you have it, the top three reasons your energy levels are low throughout the day. Food, stress, and morning light. It might be just one for you, and it might be all three. For me, it was all three. And you'll find that by working on one, the others kind of follow suit. If you start your day by getting five to ten minutes outside, even on a cloudy day, that's going to trigger the release of the correct hormones in the correct order which will impact your mood and you'll naturally want to eat better. Eating healthier food will lead to less low-grade stress because your body isn't frantically searching for nutrients and working overtime anymore. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Send me a message on social media letting me know what was your biggest takeaway. I'm at Vicky Hapala on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care and have fun.